0: Hello, listeners. Jamie here. Lucy, Avery, and I are so excited to share a brand new project with all of you. We will be offering our first workshop live and virtually this June entitled Badass Boundaries, the three-step system to harness the power of no. Please check out our website, badassmethod.com for more information. We can't wait for you to join us. Welcome to
1: Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us
0: as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out.
2: It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way.
0: Hello, everybody. So today we are going to talk about our relationship with work our relationships with our jobs. So the title of this podcast is You Are Not Your Job. And one of the reasons this came to me is because we are coming out of the pandemic. And so in 2021, you know, the Great Resignation has been happening and it's shocking. Like I was surprised when I saw the figure, you know, 4.4 million workers have quit their jobs.
2: Can you give like a little summary of what the Great Resignation is in case someone is not familiar with that term?
0: So 4.4 4 million workers have quit Ooh. their jobs.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. That's what it is. Uh-huh. So from the workplace, so people yes, resigning. From, um. Yes, people
0: are resigning, quitting. It's been very difficult for employers to find people to hire. And really what it's been is there's been this power shift between employers and employees with employees having kind of more of an upper hand these days because it seems like that they've really been looking at the quality of the workplace. You know, I think there's always an emphasis on money and perks and that sort of thing in the workplace. But I think people want more of a say in how their employers affect them and how their businesses, you know, that they work for, how they're run, what the mission is of those particular businesses. And people are wanting to, you know, really bring kind of all of themselves to work and, they want to have more of a say in how their jobs fit into their lives. So, you know, work has its place in our lives, but it's not our entire identity. It's not our whole reason for living. And I think more and more people are becoming aware of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought it'd be fun just for us to talk a little bit about our work histories and how we came to be psychologists and what that path was like for us. So would y'all like to share? Would you like me to start? Like, what was your first job? So are we talking like first job ever? First first job ever. I I thought that would be fun. Like, what was your first job ever? So the first
1: time, well, I mean, besides babysitting, which would, I think, technically be like my first job. Mm -hmm. So I think I started babysitting like at 12. All right. And now I have a 12-year-old and I'm like, ooh, she's babysitting. (laughs) She's doing great. But I don't know, it's different. But I think I started babysitting when I was 12 and then we knew a family that owned a pizza restaurant. And so I was able to work there when I was like younger, like 14 or 15. And so I worked at, at what you do I was like a cashier and I saved up money and like went to Spain like I was like on a foreign exchange program and so it was like really cool because it was like goal-oriented but I also kind of realized like that was really hard work and so yeah so pizza restaurant when I was like 14 or 15
0: that's first, pretty right, awesome yeah, and it led to you going to Spain that's yes like, it did
2: yes it was good- like a very clear <laughs> path yes <laughs> yeah
0: very nice Yeah. what about
2: you I had trouble finding jobs, right? So I babysat and then I tutored yes. like throughout maybe middle school, high school and college, some of that. But I remember in high school, like in the summers, I would try to find jobs. I'm really competent. Like I'm a competent person, but I've always looked super young, right? So I think I was probably 18 and probably looked like I was like 13. And so I didn't get hired anywhere, but it was always very disappointing because I really wanted to work. So I, more of my jobs ended up being you know, things on the side that or yeah. like we had a neighbor who had this company and I did like bookkeeping for them. Yeah. Or I had, you know, a boyfriend who's actually stepmom had this like jewelry making business. And so I would like do things for her and kind of take things home and put them together. And cool. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, my first job was for the Great American Cookie Company. So I worked there. I was a cashier. I decorated and I got to bake. And so kind of did it all. I worked there from my sophomore year of high school until after graduation, until I went off to college. And then when I would come home for the holidays, they would let me work, you know, for the little college breaks or whatever that we had. So it was a lot of fun. I had some good friends there come home smelling like cookies all the time. <laughs> it was good. It was great because you could have whatever you wanted while you worked there. So you could just get the warm cookies straight out of the oven. So it was good and not so good. You know, that. Dude, I- you get tired of them. <laughs> I always
2: wonder a place Places like that like if after a few weeks or months you're like oh I think like
0: my snacking on my shift really sort of went down sure. you know kind of after a while and uh-huh. also too you know the great big huge cookie cakes like I would when people wouldn't pick those up say they would order like for the holidays or like Mother's Day or whatever we would have like tons of orders and a lot of times people would not pick those things up huh. so we got to bring them home yeah. and yeah my family love would the that, cake. that uh-huh. aspect of it
2: yeah. Any weird jobs that y'all had over the course of your career before you got into grad school? I always wanted to work in a bank. Actually, like that would have been my dream job when I was yeah. younger. actually when I was really little. I <laughs> wanted to be a postman for some reason. Oh, that's and awesome. then like a bank. I like the teller, and you know, like when you go through the drive-through, you have that thing that goes through the chute. You know, the little oh, the canister, yeah, the canister. canister. Mm. I was intrigued by that.
0: Ugh. Oh, I like that too. The so canisters I mean. at my local. Bank branch, smell like vomit. Like, oh, it really? was nasty. Yeah. So good. I didn't yeah. have that
2: association with the canisters. <laughs> now so I'm
0: like, when I open it up, I'm like, I kind <laughs> of no. hold it away from me. Like, oh, throw, throw the checks in and hurry, close it
2: and yeah. send it off. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's see. Well, in college, I didn't end up taking this job, but I was going to work where I could, like, it was like a halfway house for people that were struggling with mental illness. Uh-huh. And I was going to, like, spend the night there so they had somebody oh. there to, like – contact and then as we were walking around the grounds like that was part of my job was to walk around the grounds like at night by myself and I was like mm, and I was like well this feels like a little bit of a dangerous neighborhood has anybody like ever been it's like oh there was somebody in the bushes the other day but no I'm like oh <laughs> no I am out this is gonna be a no for me I was like 20 years old like oh gosh. No.
0: oh no 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 yeah but that was a hard pass for me yeah I had a variety of jobs. I've had a variety of jobs. jobs. Uh Yes, like a ton. I don't know what in the world I was doing, like in my undergrad years. But yeah, I worked for the Beeper Boutique, so sold pagers. So obviously, that's something. showing your age. Yeah, I know. I know, right? Like I was at a retreat in New Mexico and I said that like I sold beepers and some of the participants were like, what? What is that? I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. So obviously that stood the test of time, you know, had that. I have worked at other fast food places. I worked at a lot of restaurants. Mm -hmm. I work for an industrial uniform company where guys would come in and get their uh, big, you know, flame retardant jumpsuit oh, things yeah. like for working in refineries and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't know. I've worked, I was a phlebotomist for a little while and would go around and draw blood for. Really?
2: A, wow. Yeah. What? I didn't <laughs> so, know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either.
0: Yeah. So I've done quite yeah, a few things. So, yeah, not a straight path to no. doing what I do now. Yeah, I will tell you that.
1: Fun. I never knew you were a phlebotomist. Yeah.
0: So how about for you all? Like, now that we're here, we are in our careers as psychologists. So what, how did you decide to do that? What was your path to get there? So I have wanted to be a psychologist
1: but since I can remember. I mean, since I knew what psychologists did, I've wanted to be that. So I think it was like fifth grade when I was like having a conversation with my granddaddy and he was telling me what psychologists did. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do. I've wanted to be that truly throughout. So most of my jobs in college were really awesome. They were like working with, I worked with autistic children. I did like ABA, like applied behavior analysis and worked with them. And I loved that. I worked in like a center of survivors of torture and did like this group therapy, like facilitating just like process group and stuff. Loved that. Like I've always loved, I've loved it. And so I I think that was like most of my jobs, I've tried to do something similar to that. And then, um, in grad school, i I didn't work. and in in college, I did the aBA thing. and that's really kind of been I mean most of my jobs, once I kind of knew that or could do it, have been something related to that i worked at the deaf school for a little while in mississippi i did like some i learned sign language and then kind of did some like i won't say like i don't know support like emotional support there anyway i just i've always
0: loved doing that kind of thing do you still know sign language
1: i mean a little bit it's kind of like spanish too like i used to know it well and now i can't really i mean like i know enough but not like a ton yeah
0: Yeah.
2: that's probably be like margarita yeah margarita (laughs) adios that's right you got it you got it what about you guys so I, and this is why I love like internships, right? when I'm working with younger people, I always think they're such a great idea because every internship I had pretty much sent me on a different career path after, mm-hmm. right? So I started college as a computer science and Spanish double major. And then I had this internship with a, a software programming company. And I was programming that summer and my boss was wonderful. And, and the best thing that came from that is I ended up babysitting his two kids and they were in my wedding. Right. But then came back that fall and was like, I think I'll move over to the business school. Right. Like, all right, done with that. And so I did the business school for a few years. That next summer, I actually studied abroad, so there was no job. But then the summer after that, I had an internship with a consulting company called Bain and Company. I had a job offer to be a consultant. I came back my senior year and had five finance classes in a row. The first day, I came home just in tears. I was like, I hate this. And I think I'd always been like, okay, I need to go and succeed in a computer science, business, some sort of field like that. And then later on in life, I can go teach or counsel or like do something. I really want to really do. do. Mm-hmm. And then I just decided like enough. And so much to my, especially my father's like horror and dismay, I dropped my finance major and was just a Spanish major and picked up a psychology minor and applied to grad school. So really I applied to grad school that fall and I completed one psychology class and turned down this job. But anyway, it was like the best decision. So I got in, I remember getting into some of the psychology classes where things that were on our required reading list were things I'd been wanting to read. And so from that time and my jobs were more focused on that yeah
0: yeah and I was I guess sort of similar all over the place like thought that I would be a physician and so was a bio major for a little while and then got to organic chemistry and said oh screw this I'm not doing this anymore it's a good weed out class and then switched way over to be an English major that lasted for a hot second and then switched to sociology because I had an extremely entertaining sociology professor. He'd been on Jeopardy and just like, I don't know, he was really awesome. So that was very influential and then went back to sort of a bio major and then decided I wanted to be a physician's assistant and then... Took an abnormal psych class and then that helped shape from then on out. So after I took abnormal psych, like switched my major to that and then went in, got my master's degree immediately after my bachelor's and then worked for a while for a juvenile correctional facility for several years and decided, ooh, master's is not enough. So then decided to get my PhD and the rest is history
2: That is like a sadness for me. Not what you did, not your trajectory. (laughs) But the fact that kids go to college nowadays and they're expected to pick a major before they even get into it. Mm -hmm, And for you, that would have worked out fine. But for a lot of people, like who knows at age 18 what you want to do.
1: Oh, and I kind of felt like fell ass backwards into like a career that really works for me. Like I love psychology classes. I don't think that was really going to be different. Like that's always been interesting. But like there's so many different ways that you can be a psychology major or be a psychologist. And I think it still would have been really nice for me to have had some internships of like, oh, this is what private practice looks like. This is what being a professor looks like. This is what, because there's so many even options, but within that career that it so happens, my life works really well for me, but I don't know that I had all that on my radar, even when I went into grad school. You know what I mean? And so I think there is like, that's where that internship or even just, I'm sure you guys do this too, like these like informational interviews where like high school seniors or college students will come and just say like, tell me about your day. And I just love doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so wise to just go and talk to somebody that does the job that you're thinking about doing and hear about like, what does their week look like? What are their hours look like? What is their ability to balance different things? Like it just, I think that it's so helpful to kind of have that whole life picture of what it looks like versus just like, oh, I like this class. And so I want to do this thing, but there's so much more that goes with that. And I think I've been really lucky. I feel really blessed
0: and, and fortunate that my life works for me the way it does, but it could easily not. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like with younger folks, I mean, they're forming their identity and right. starting to think about how work fits into their Correct. identity. And I do enjoy that when I see, you know, high schoolers or, you know, people that are just starting out with college really stopping to kind of think. And like you said, like doing interviews of people in the field. And I enjoy that when I see colleges like encouraging that with some of their undergrad yeah. grad classes. I do think that that's really important because it is sad when I get adolescents in my office that are so worked up and so anxious thinking they need to have it all figured out and need to have it exactly set before they've even stepped foot on
2: campus. Well, there's a lot of colleges now where you apply to a specific major right. school and it's actually very hard to make Just any changes yeah. once you're there. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about like identity formation and specifically like work identity and like what that means. I was talking with my sister about this on the drive over and she's like, work identity? What does that mean? What's work <laughs> identity? And so- All that is, is it's the part of yourself that engages with all of the different aspects of your job, right? Your job, your occupation, your work, and the organization that you have. So that's all that I mean by work identity. So it's thinking like some questions to help you think about that are things like, how do you define yourself at work? Like, are you someone who's very enthusiastic about what you do? Like, how do you engage with the tasks? Like, how do you look for ways to keep growing like your talent and your skills? Is that something that's supported by the organization that you work for? you know, how do you see your work colleagues? You know, are they allies? Do you get along really well with people at work? Or are there people that you view as like, oh, this is competitive, this is a cutthroat kind of environment? And, you know, are you able to bring your best self to work each day? So, yeah. Like,
1: does it fit with
0: you? Does like, it, does fit it with motivate
1: you? you and make you yeah, better? Am, or Yeah. Okay.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, I mean, I think those are really important questions for people to think about. Like, You know, adolescents as they're going into and exploring like different fields of work and getting all of that information and and for people too, that maybe they've been in their jobs for a while or maybe they're thinking about changing jobs, thinking about like, how am I in this particular environment? Because work is so much of what we do, you know, as adults. So I think it's really important to consider that. So what happens though, when people sort of go a little too far and they, you know, their identity is very much almost completely based around their career? What happens when people build their entire idea of themselves around that? What do y'all see as kind of the drawbacks of that? Well, I think
1: one big drawback is that those things can change. Oh, yeah. I mean, we are all three in private practice, which... I mean, for better or worse, it is unlikely that tomorrow we will show up and be fired. Like there may be a client that decides that they're no longer going to work with us, but like we're our own bosses. And so we're not in that position where anybody could really like fire us from our whole job. But that's I mean, another blessing, right? Like that's not the case for most people that if you are so tied up and this is what I am and this is what I do, those things can change. Reorganizations can happen, changes in what your even job description can happen, promotions can happen or not happen. I think that there's so much flexibility there that I don't even really know about it because I've never really worked in corporate America, but just working with patients or work, talking to my friends, that kind of thing, like it just seems like, If you hold on too tightly, the only thing you can really predict is things are going to change. There's going to be a different manager, a different coworker, a different something, and that can be out of your control. That's the thing is if you hold on really tightly and it's really important to you, that's great. And there's some of that that you can control, but there's some of it that you just can't.
2: I think there's this other piece too, like alongside of that, there's the external changing and, and how you respond. But I think also if we hold on so tightly, we are not as freed up to like think about other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense? So to consider other options. And I've even had that sometimes being like, I have this very specific degree and I've done this certain thing for, you know, however many years, right. over a decade, like can I do anything else? Like am I even equipped to do anything else? What would that even be? And so I think especially for people who have been in their career for a long time and have done something, sometimes it's a sense of, just being trapped there or like a fatalistic sense of like, I can't do anything else or I'm not qualified or I'm too old. Like, I think you have that that gets all wrapped up. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if so much of your identity is based around your job or your career, you can be what's called enmeshed with it, where there becomes kind of a blurring of the boundary of sort of like your personal values and beliefs with those of the job Mm -hmm. or the organization that you work for. Mm -hmm. And when things change, like you were talking about, Avery, it can really shake you like to the core, like, okay, well, if I'm not X, so if I'm not an NFL player, then who am I? You know, if I'm not, you know, a physician, then who am I going to be? And you're right, Lucy, if you hold on so tightly to it, it's going to be really hard to explore other avenues, other aspects of yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that even explore other aspects of yourself. Like it would be hard to even have that realization, that awareness that, oh, wow, maybe this isn't working for me. It's like, and I think sometimes like if you're in a relationship and you're so focused on this has to work out, this has to be okay, that you can kind of not necessarily stop to see like, is it really okay for me? Like, I think it can kind of shift your priorities that like my job is to keep this job versus like my job is to like figure out what works for me or work it for my family or manage my boundaries or like it can make a singular focus when it really should be like multi- Right. And I think, too, that,
0: you know, and it's not to say, like, oh, this is all your fault that you become, you know, like, enmeshed with your career. Like, so much of our society and the culture that we have really rewards people being, like, married to their jobs, right? Like, you have to be productive. I mean, particularly in high-pressure fields, you know, individuals I work with, say, for example, in finance or wherever, you know, we're going to reward you. You know, if you, like, give us everything, we'll give you money, we'll give you promotions, we'll give you titles, you know, all of that hustle is rewarded. And so it's very easy to get sucked into that. You know, I think other things too, like I was, you know, working with a really lovely client lately and, you know, we were talking about kind of influence on his particular career. And, you know, I thought that it was, he had a really great example of his parents saying like, yes, this is what we do. I have this career, I have this career, but we don't want to pressure you into mm. that because that can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I'm sure you all have clients where mm-hmm. it is sort of like a legacy that the parents the family need business to kind Yeah, of. the family business. Yeah. Like, yes, you need to do this. We've done this. This is sort of the generational legacy that's going on. And so yeah, there can be a lot of pressure there yeah
1: Yeah. like we've all gone to this college we've all become attorneys we've all become physicians like this is kind of what's expected for you yeah
0: yeah and I think too like individuals like social status is something that can be obviously tied to jobs so for example if you have a job where you've been lucky enough to accumulate some wealth maybe that's something that's really high achieving or if you've got a lot of influence in your job it can be really hard to give that up because of those particular benefits from your job, that enmeshment to that career can become really strong, can be really scary to leave something like that. Yeah. What about other things? Any other things that you all think of as far as factors that might contribute to people getting really tied to their jobs? Well,
1: I love what you said. I think it is environmental and social. I mean, it is, I think that a lot of people, it gives them a lot of value and sense of Mm -hmm. worth and even identity. I think in certain decades, especially, I think, especially in your like 20s and 30s, like that is the goal. Right. And that's kind of where you feel like you've arrived is you found your dream job, you found your career path. It takes a lot of time and effort to do that. And it can feel very rewarding to get those like kind of external rewards of like salary or promotions, but even internally kind of feeling like I'm here, like I'm settled, I've arrived. And it, so I think that there's some really good stuff there because it, it does, it is hard to kind of figure out what you want to do and have a career and start a you know, a job. But I think, so it needs to be rewarding to kind of keep that going. But I think it can kind of start to make that focus more singular and that can be tough. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think, too, like other internal sorts of factors can make it hard. You know, I think there are so many beliefs, again, like rewarded by society beliefs about productivity and what that means. And we will do, I'm sure, another podcast on that particular topic and also to a workshop yeah. here in the future on yes. the difference between busyness and productivity. They're not the same. You know, burning the candle at both ends actually leads to a decrease in productivity. No matter what people tell you, if you look at the research, it shows it's like, oh, no, it's quite the opposite. When you're killing yourself, it doesn't help you to have a healthy work-life balance, all of that kind of stuff. But so we'll that's an that interesting later.
2: question. And Jamie, I don't know if the research speaks to this, but people who are over-identified with their jobs, are they more likely to also overwork?
0: Mm. Yes, actually. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yes, if that's... Because it's a big
2: determinant of self-worth. It is. So here's what makes me important or valuable. And I think we're more likely to channel more into it. And then it's also harder to walk away. Like, why would I go hang out and like do nothing when I could be doing something, getting more work done? Right.
0: And so there's sort of like this drive or this push to like move towards like these rewards, like this reinforcement of self-worth and all of these external things. But also too, it's you are running away from like the scary stuff. So like the fear of, failure or the fear of what it's going to look like, or again, like, who am I if I'm not doing this? So it's kind of like both forces are driving you to become more attached to your career.
2: I think another thing I see that relates is especially younger people but I think can happen with other people who maybe they're not, they don't have a partner, they don't have a family. And so it's really easy to kind of put all that energy and effort into a career. Like it's something we feel like we have more control over and then we just end up investing a lot there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And then that can kind of be like a snowball effect, right? Like you invest more and more, which means you have less and less time and space freed up to invest in other areas. And it can kind of continue in that path.
0: Yeah. So I have some questions. So to help maybe our listeners figure out if their identity is like enmeshed with their career. So the first one is how much do you think about your job outside the office? Okay. Hmm. Is your mind frequently consumed? If we were to look at the sort of like divide out the different types of thoughts that you have, what's the percentage of work-related thoughts that are going on in your brain? Okay. And is it difficult to talk with other people, you know, just in the day-to-day and your work not come up? Hmm. Like how much of your conversation is consumed by what it is that you're doing with your work? So that's a couple of questions. The second is how do you describe yourself? So how much of your self-description is your job? Your title or your company? Are there other ways that you can describe yourself? But how much is that the work related, career related descriptions? How much does that predominate? How quickly do you tell other people that you just met about your job and what it is that you do? Which I mean, some of that's pretty normative, right? Like people usually they're like, Hey, you know, who are you? What do you do? But how quickly does that come up and how long do you keep on going with that particular line of conversation? And where do you spend most of your time? I mean, that's an easy one to kind of think about. Like, has anybody ever complained? Like, hey, you're spending a lot of time up at the office. Look at your schedule. See what that's like. Do you have hobbies outside of work that don't involve work-related skills? And then how would you feel if you could no longer continue on in your profession? What would that be like for you? How distressing would that be to you? So just some questions to consider. So if you answer yes to these then we can get into kind of we're coming to the end of our podcast, our nuggets, mm. okay? So if you answer yes, like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about it. And maybe my work-related identity is a really huge part of my overall identity and I'm not feeling really comfortable with that. So what is it that I can mm-hmm. do? So one of the first things is that you can do what's called fund your time. So if you're already working a lot, your time is probably very scarce. So what you could do is, give yourself permission. And we have some permission slips that we would love to share with you all here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. We'll circle back. No, they're on back. our website. It's Yes, can they're on our there. website. Yes. Please go to our website, download those permission slips, feel free to put yourself on our email list. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you can give yourself permission to free up time by relying more on your coworkers, right, advocating for things at work, like for hiring an intern, hiring a virtual assistant, automating things at work, Delegating tasks, those things can be very helpful. What else do y'all think as far as like other things if people are kind of enmeshed with their job? What are some other?
2: I'll just say too, for what it's worth, I'm totally enmeshed in my work and job. (laughs) And I have, I wasn't gonna tell the story, but I had a boyfriend in college who he wrote me, it's my first year of college, maybe. And I was also needy, been an eating disorder to be fair, but he did, he wrote me this note and I found it years later because I don't think I thought much of it at the time, but he said, I'm jealous, like, not of anyone else, but of your schoolwork. <laughs> right. oh, like, and I don't oh. think it really like, hit me the But the of looking back, I was like, shit. Right? Like, I probably should have, like, done a yeah. little more with this feedback. Yeah. Because I think that maybe this is something that is persistent, that I can be overmished. And I've thought about that a lot recently when someone, you know, introducing yourself. Like, it's pretty quick to come up. I'm a psychologist. I don't necessarily want to talk a lot about my work. Right. But, like, something about yeah. this is who I am. Like, I, I've thought about, like, why does that need to come up so fast? Right. Like, why does it feel so important? Yeah. And, like, defining who I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to take in these suggestions because I think I I might need some of them. Well, and I think it's kind of a similar thing that I
1: suggest people like when they're feeling like they're too attached to one person. It's not so great or easy to like detach from that person. It's so much easier to attach to other things. Right. And so whether it's, you know, in a social circle or with your job, I think it's hard to focus on. I'm going to detach from this job. That's so important to me. But I think it's easier to say, I'm going to attach more to A hobby, yes. free time spent with like a social circle, family time, another volunteer, whatever. It's a little bit easier to say, ooh, work is taking up 90% of my space and I'd like it to take up less. So let me find some things that I'd like to do instead. Would I like to play golf and make sure that I keep that on my schedule? regularly. Would I like to whatever, like have this particular amount of time or this particular vacation trip, et cetera. And I think kind of inviting some of those things in could be really helpful. Yeah. Well,
2: even right there, that idea of like scheduling in other things. Right. Yeah. So being really intentional with your time. Yes. And like mm-hmm. here is time that I don't work or that I do these other mm-hmm. things instead. Yeah. Can be super, super useful. Yeah. Right
0: like some boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll give one last pointer. So one of the things is to redefine. So revamp how you describe what you do. So that way you can disentangle Mm. who you are from what you do. So remember, I mean, jobs are verbs, right? They're not nouns. They're verbs. It's You're talking about what you do. So instead of saying I'm a teacher, you could say I educate youth. Rather than saying I'm a psychologist, you can say things like I help other people make changes and find meaning in their lives. Again, putting it in its place. This is what I do, not necessarily completely who I am. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Love that.
0: Well, I think that'll do it for today.
1: So next time we'll talk about waffles and spaghetti and it's not going to be a pivot to a cooking show. It'll be more personality
0: focused than that. Awesome. Thanks so much. We look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode.
0: Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts.
2: We always welcome your feedback visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com.